You are listening to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast presented by Realm of the Mist Entertainment with your host, John Tolley. to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Coming to, you, coming to you tonight, as always, from deep within the Outer Rim, far beyond the watchful eyes of the Galactic Empire. My name is John Mark Tolley, and joining me today is Mr. Ray Rumsey. Ray, how are you today? I am doing fantastic. Hello, all you beautiful people out there in audio land. You know, every time I hear, and this is kind of uh, um, apropos considering what the... Uh, the trailer that just dropped, Crossing the Streams. Every time I hear your name, I now think, what did you do, Ray? What, what did you do? <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> oh, but we are not talking about the Ghostbusters. Uh, this is, of course, War of the Stars, as I said, a Star Wars podcast. Um, and we are talking Star Wars and... Uh, we have a little bit of news, not really news, but just um, some things that have happened recently uh, that have got people in the Star Wars community kind of talking. One is that um, Mr. Ryan Johnson has said he is interested in directing an episode of The Mandalorian, and that, of course, has gotten a lot of people talking. <laughs> um, <laughs> not in a good way. <laughs> no, I mean, but it's one of those things for me, it's like, no matter what your opinion on Last Jedi was, um, you you can't say that someone is a bad director just because they made one quote-unquote bad movie. You know, everyone has, you know, if you look back and you go back in time and, you know, can you imagine if after, say, Steven Spielberg made 1941, which was a horrible movie <laughs> that suddenly everyone said, nope, I will never see another movie that Steven Spielberg made. I mean, think of the movies that we would have missed. This is true. This is you very, know, very true. It, you know, so I see, I mean, no problem. I mean, of him. Yeah, I, I think. I don't know. I mean, what do you think? I mean, would you be willing to watch an episode of The Mandalorian that was directed by Ryan Johnson? So, it, at this, I absolutely agree with you, especially with that uh, Spielberg analogy. That's a beautiful analogy because uh. you're absolutely right. It, if it was that way, nobody would have watched any of his other movies, and you would have missed so many good ones. I mean, look at everything he came yeah. out with. Anywho. To the point at hand, I think I would I wouldn't mind. I'd be okay with it. However, yeah. I feel like it would be a much different feel than what we presently get. I, I mean, that's the thing. I, I yeah, it's hard to say because I feel that if part of the problem with the with the Ryan Johnson was they gave him too much. I think they gave him too much leeway mm -hmm. if that makes sense I, I think that's part of the issue a lot of people had was he was you know he basically was given the entire script to you know to write or to rewrite and to do with as he saw fit whereas I think with with the Mandalorian he's going to be in much more of a box like this is what you have to work with these are the parameters you know, this this is basically the sandbox that you have and the players that you have. The tone that we, you know, the tone has been set, you know. True. This is you know. True. Yeah. And, you know, the script is probably already going to be preset, pre you know, with um, Favreau and Filoni. They're probably going to be, you know, the main writers for it. So it's going to be something completely different than Last Jedi. And... I, for one, enjoyed Last Jedi, but um, I think it's going to be something completely different. Right, right. You know, I, then... I, 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 even if he did have parameters and he was told to keep inside the lines, 
I just think his directing style might be a little bit different than what we presently see, and that's possibly normal. that's normal. Possibly, yeah. Everyone has their own, right? Yeah. So, I, would it be necessarily bad? No, I don't think it would. I think it would just be different. Mm. So uh, that leads us to a little conversation about the latest episode of The Mandalorian. Uh, have you watched it yet? Oh, have I watched it? Oh. Have you watched it? I <laughs> watch like, them, silly boy. I watch them as soon as they come out. I'm yes. one of those people. Like I have an alarm set so I can get up at 3 a.m. and then go back to sleep before work. I am one of those people. <laughs> um, what did you think of the last episode? All right. So I have heard many debates. And I've seen people going both ways. Some people say it was crap. Some people it was good. So don't burn me at the stake here. Okay. Um, this is just Ray's opinion. Uh, I thought, personally, I thought it was good. I, I did thought, too. I thought it was very much on par with the first episode where he's just down to business. He's doing what he needs to do to get his credits. Mm -hmm. Or his his calamari flan or whatever, and yeah. he's just he's doing what he does. But now he's got a he's got a space baby to feed. So. I know he's got an extra <laughs> mouth to feed. Um, I thought I enjoyed the I enjoyed the episode. It wasn't necessarily my favorite. Right, right. Um, and episode three was my favorite. Episode three was definitely the best one. Um. I, the, to to kind of segue, I know that's not really the point of this this episode, but to go talk about that for just a second, I saw this uh, uh, picture on Facebook about the the end scene there, and they wanted to, and he was my favorite. As soon as that Mandalorian came down with the Gatling auto cannon, oh, and he just started letting loose automatically my favorite character ever i want to see a show and a movie about him anyway the point of the picture was uh trying to give give this particular mando a name and yeah well they, he does he they, does have a name right well at the they posted that it was um they wanted to call him uh the acronym ham h -A -M, ham yes for heavy assault Mandalorian. Gloria. And I was like, yes, yes, I want that. And I can't remember, because he actually does have a name, but he I can't does. remember. He does. And I, I saw it in passing, and I don't remember what it is. Well, and you know who that was, though, right? That Was that not Filoni himself? No, that was Favreau. Favreau, yes. There you go. That was Favreau. Yeah, that was John Favreau. And I did also notice the, uh, the little wink and a nod to Iron Man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. With him flying and doing the salute, I'm like, okay, I see a Fav I, I see a Favreau, I see a John. Yeah, I, and um, you know, that was probably one of my, like, kind of, not favorite scene, but I definitely had a chuckle out loud while he's, you know, he flies, he does the salute and flies away, and the Mando says, you know, man, I gotta, I gotta get, get me one get of those. One of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, a few winks and a nod, and. Speaking of winks and nods, this latest episode had a ton if you're a original trilogy fan. Oh yes. I mean so the minute many. the minute he comes in and you see the two moons and then you're like, wait a minute, that planet looks familiar, and then you hear over the radio of most likely spaceport. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ooh. And just seeing like all those iconic places, like when he walks into the and that was the first thing I I thought when I was watching it. And I see him walking into the cantina. The first thing I thought was, even before he got in, I'm like, that's the cantina. Yeah, yeah. That's the cantina. They're on Tatooine. There was so many good head nods in that yeah. episode. And they'd even, they even brought in the uh, prequels there with the, the little droids. Yes, yes. I know. I saw that, too. I'm like, oh, yes, the little... Um, and now we have a reason for... Um, why the Mando hates droids. Yes. Uh, yeah. Because his family I... was killed by by droids during the Clone Wars. Exactly. And I'll tell you what, one thing they have done, and we're we're eventually we're gonna get to the main topic. This uh Mandalorian is not the main topic for tonight, but no, no, no. <laughs> there's just a lot going on. Um 
they're able to take things, and I'm talking especially with episode with the fourth episode. I never thought I would be terrified of the chicken walkers. Oh, I know. But they made those that thing look terrifying. And you got a sense of just how powerful and how terrifying those things were. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it was just and it was just a few lines, you know, with the uh, the rebel soldier saying that she's seen those things take out entire squadrons, right? And instead right. of making them kind of wobbly and you know almost, it gave me the feeling of Jurassic Park. Yeah, of they, T Rex. Was, yeah, it you know, was much way, more way, imposing. Much more imposing, much more organic, and the red glowing. Um, yeah, the, the, with the cockpit. With the, yeah. With Pat Pick looking like the red glowing eyes just made it even more intense and just terrifying. Yeah, I uh, absolutely agree with that. I they when she brought it up about uh that it was a ATAT ATST, yeah. ATST, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. oh are you kidding? This is gonna be great. Yes. And uh, they took with even with that whole episode, they took a a very common trope. I mean, the storyline has been done thousands of times. You know, if you look back, you know, Seven Samurai, um, Magnificent Seven, that was the basic storyline you had right there. Yep. Um, of these two warriors that have to help this village. But they did it. They did it well. You know, yeah. that was one they could have just, got, you know, sat back on the, on the laurels, so to speak, and just kind of like, Okay, this is a paint by number episode. Blah blah blah. They come in, yada yada yada, um, and you know they added to the lore, you know by you know with the Mandalorian saying that he never he has never taken his his helmet off, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm still wondering how they're going to relate that with other Mandos that have, you know we've seen Sabine in uh, Rebels take her helmet off numerous times. Right. Uh, we've also seen other Mandos through in Rebels and other sh- in other shows. Uh, Clone Wars take their their helmets helmets off. So, is it just this particular clan, or is there something that happened after the purge mm-hmm. that has caused all Mand- Mandalorians to keep their helmets on at all time? That's what but I still... think it'll be. That I think it's going to yeah. be a, a, a matter of after those events they decided to keep their identities secret yeah and the fact that you get this sense that mandalorian now is not necessarily a race yes that it's more of a culture and a way of life like you don't have to have been born a mandalore to be a mandalorian right you know it's a matter of how you were raised did the man were you raised by were you raised by the mandalorians you know um and I like the fact that we still haven't seen a face reveal yet. We've seen him take his helmet off, but there's still that mystery behind the mask. Right. So and I, I, I feel like what that's going to boil down to is they're going to say that they don't remove their helmets because being a Mandalorian isn't about being you individually. It's yeah. about you being a Mandalorian. Yes. Yes. So. And the idea, you know, and the idea that it, anyone, almost with the whole Batman thing, um, where it was anyone, you know, the idea who wore the mask because anyone could be Batman, anyone could be a Mandalorian. True. You know, anyone, you know. Um, uh, I absolutely love the part where uh, the little guy sitting there sipping on his soup. Oh, Yes. That was hilarious. Again, they got humor. They got the humor. They nailed the humor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. He, he reminds, he's very reminiscent of um, old Yoda on Dagobah. Yeah. Just kind of kooky, kind of silly, but yeah. still kind of uh, a serious character. Last last little question before we hit our main topic for the day. Sure. Um, who do you think the, 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 the last, in that final scene, who do you think that was? Because there's there's a few theories going out. Yeah, I I've I've seen a few of them floating around, um, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I feel like 
it's it's gonna be a more predominant bounty hunter that's coming after him. Well, there's two the two theories I what two of the theories I've heard. There's a um a character that we see that we, that has shown up in some of the trailers and uh who plays an Imperial Moth. Mm-hmm. Um there's there's a prevailing theory that it could be him. But some people are wondering because it appears that he's out there in the desert by himself. And the question is, why would a moth be out in the Tatooine desert by himself, not surrounded by stormtroopers? True. The second one is that it's Boba. Oh, that's a very good one. Yeah. That's one of the one of the big theories going around is that that is Boba Fett. Mm. Um, I've also read um, I've read another one that uh, they they said it, it might be Lando. Uh, I've also heard Cad Bane. Oh, that would be a Wars. yeah, that'd be a good one. That would be interesting to finally get him. Um, although it would be interesting to see how they do the makeup for him, considering he was a very uniquely looking, unique looking character. Right, he he was a very gaunt, like chiss like character. Very gaunt, yeah, very chiss like. Um, but yeah, that's going to be really interesting. I'm inter- I I'm uh, actually can't wait until. Friday when uh, the new episode drops, when oh. I can actually watch it again and yeah, see what they what they do. Um, it could, I mean, it could even be Luke. Hmm, that would be, I don't know, possible, but I don't know how I feel about about doing that. I I just I I feel like they're gonna whatever whoever it is, it's gonna tie it to the movies. Mm-hmm. Possibly. Uh, that that could be possible. I will have to wait until Friday, though. Yep, yep, and hopefully we'll get some. I will say one last little thing. It's not a question. It's more of a statement. This is a, a statement to Disney and, you know, anybody who's involved with the Mandalorian, like writers, producers, director, anybody out there. If you have somebody pick up the little baby like that again, and hold a, a blaster to it. Oh. I will come down there, and I will make you all pay. You can't that... give my heart palpitations like that. Oh, I know, <laughs> I know. I was like, that guy deserves to be shot. That's <laughs> real. <laughs> you put that baby down right now. <laughs> you put that fifty-year-old baby down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think a lot of people forget that he's fifty. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I want to take you back to a time when 1999 and the return of Star Wars for the first time in almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. New Star Wars. Everyone was excited. Everyone could not wait. And of course, what we got was Episode 1, The Phantom Menace, which was followed five years later by... Attack of the Clones, and five years later by Revenge of the Sith. Now, going on an 18 years since the last one? No, not quite that long. My math is bad. Um, <laughs> I thought, yeah, I can't maths. Um, Don't look I at me. It, <laughs> yeah, uh, I thought it'd be interesting to kind of step back and take a look at as we look ahead into Episode 9, Episode 9 and the end of the Skywalker Saga, to take a look back at how we got here mm-hmm. and starting with the prequel trilogies and uh, first of all, just kind of get you, get us all a, of where we were when we watched the move, when we first saw the prequels and our initial thoughts of them and kind of what we think of them now. Um, so uh, Ray, I'll start with you. Let's start with the beginning with episode one. Um, where were you? What were you kind of what were you doing? And what was your first, you know, going into seeing episode one for the first time and then coming out? What were your initial thoughts? So being that that was, you know, what, 10? It was 1999. 1999. That was, that was 20 years ago now, right? Yeah, yeah. They just, yeah, they recently had the 20th anniversary. Yeah, like that. I, that's so hard to think of right now. So, all right. Um, 
at that particular time, Ray was 17. And I remember when they first announced that this stuff, you know, they were coming out with the new Star Wars after all this time. My friends and I geeked out so hard that it's it's almost incomprehensible how much we just could not wait. Um, and I distinctly remember, I mean, it's like watching a TV show in my mind. It's so crystal clear. We were all at one of my friends' house. It was the night um, of the midnight matinee. Mm-hmm. And we were staying at there was so many of us that we couldn't stay at his actual house. Uh, he still lived with his parents and all that. Cause we're just kids at the time, you know? Um, so we were actually staying at their hunting cabin, which had like three sets of bunk beds and you know, all the good stuff. And we yeah. were outside of this hunting cabin in the woods of upstate New York, pitch black outside with lightsabers <laughs> doing choreographed fights that we had been practicing for hours. Oh, and I remember it was like a a forty minute drive to our mall, yeah, to go watch it. And so the time came, and we all piled in. We had our our Jedi cloaks on, and I mean, we were all about it. And we drove there. And when that initial fanfare started, man, mm-hmm. I had goosebumps that didn't go away the entire movie. Oh so excited that a brand new star wars was coming out like here i was you know i i never got to experience the very first i I didn't watch a new hope for the first time at midnight in a movie theater so i didn't get to experience it that way this was my new hope yeah i mean oh yeah it just it was blowing my mind and at that time you got to remember 1999 like at this time, CGI was all the rage. Oh, yeah. And they were trying to push their boundaries to see what they could do. And this movie, to me, you know, 17-year-old Ray sitting there in the big screen, and it was blowing my marbles. Um, was, oh, yeah. I was losing it. Like, this was the greatest thing I had ever seen. And you know what? I, I didn't necessarily care for Jar Jar. I won't say that, like, he was my favorite character or anything like that. But I don't have this hatred of him like some people seem to. And the whole yeah. the movie as a whole itself, I, I liked it. It was good to me. I still like it. Oh. And okay. the only thing that I would change is I wish there was a little more Darth Maul. He was a really Yeah, I think villain. a lot of people agree with that. Yeah, he was a great villain. You know, we all knew yeah. that he had just been in X-Men as... Um, Toad, and Toad. You yes, know, so, so right part, right, and we're like, yeah, this is gonna, this is a, this is a great movie. Um, at the time, I didn't care for Qui Gon, I'll admit, but now after all of the okay. extended universe and um, the Clone Wars and things like that, I, he's grown on me a little bit. I get where okay. his mindset was, or should have been. Yeah. I I don't know how to word all that. Right. Um, so anyway, the movie gets over, we it lets out and we're just dumbfounded. And I'm not even, we drove, we talked about the movie the entire drive home. We all got into the bunk beds and we talked about it for like another 3 hours before one by one we just started passing out from exhaustion. We woke up the next morning and talked about it again. And it was all we could. T- and we got to school. Everybody was talking. I mean, it was huge. And that was, oh, yeah. that was my experience with it. And that maybe that's why I, I kind of look at it through rose-colored glasses is that mm-hmm. that was my new hope. So that's kind of how I feel about it. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That definitely makes sense. So my experience with episode one, I was 21 years old. And I was working at a at a grocery store, um, and I was working overnights. And I remember the store I was at, across the street from it, or next next basically next to next to it was a movie theater. So I got up off at seven seven o'clock in the morning and went over there because the radio station was having a big thing over there, and I was planning on getting tickets. 
and they had a contest over who could do the best Yoda impersonation. The person <laughs> who did the best Yoda impersonation got free tickets. Oh, nice. So I won free tickets <laughs> through my Yoda impersonation, um, which is mm, do or do not. There is no try. Nice. Uh, Very well done. Thank you. I've also learned that I can do pretty much most of the um, voices that... Um, who did the voice of Yoda? <laughs> I honestly wouldn't be able to answer that right now. <laughs> oh. Oh. Anyway, I can do most of his voices. He also did the voice of Grover and uh, Cookie Mon and Cookie Monster. Oh, okay. And I realized if you can do if you can do Yoda, you know, if Yoda you can do, then Grover's not that hard to do either. And then you'll Cookie Monster, you'll tell us like this, you'll num 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 num. <laughs> Anyway, I digress. Um, oh, so Frank, I remember Frank again, Oz. Frank, Frank Oz. Oz, yeah. Um, he also did Piggy. Um, but anyway, that's beside the point. <laughs> um, I I was kind of like you. I went in and was just... And I remember seeing it like... And this is back when I had actual, you know, disposable income. Mm-hmm. And seeing it like five, four, like the next, like watching it, then watching it the next day, then two days later and seeing it like five, six times. <laughs> yeah. Like constantly going back, going back. And like the first time just being, like you said, just so blown away by it. And just, it was new Star Wars. Yeah. You know, it was, and, you know, looking back, I still like, I still enjoy episode one, um, but I can see the the issues that people had with it. Right. You know, I can, I can see, you know, and with with a lot of, I mean, with all the, all of the prequels, we'll, we'll get to episode two here in a bit, but, um, and I mean, looking back at it, you know, I think it's basically, for a lot of people, it's a one to two scene movie. Mm-hmm. It's yep. it's one that people go watch and they they just waiting for the pod race, <laughs> yeah, and and the Darth Maul and the Darth Maul um, duel at the end. Right. Oh, it's such a good fight. It is. Yeah. yeah it's um, and everything else you know for a lot of people is just getting through that to get to that to to that. Yeah. Um. um but still, it's a it was an enjoyable movie and it did its job for setting up for the rest of the prequel trilogy. Right. Yep. You know, it set, it set the, it set the stage, it set the tone and which of course leads us to episode two. Um, um, I'll just start off right, right now by saying it's not my, it's definitely my least favorite of the movies. <laughs> You're not alone. Um, you are not alone. Episode two <laughs> is definitely, the weakest of I definitely I put it yeah definitely at the bottom of my but that's like saying you know I you know of all the ice creams that I like vanilla is my least favorite right I still eat it right yeah yeah, <laughs> you, know, yeah. But, you know but um and I think that was one where and, and we I think we've talked about this before with where you can tell that George had no one telling him no. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you had, you know, there was no one that was like, you know, telling George Lucas, you know, hey, you might not want to, or because with with the original trilogy, no, no one knew who George Lucas was. Right. You know, yeah. he done a few. He done, he done like I think he done American Graffiti, and that was about it. So no one really knew who this guy was. It was just some some upcoming directors like, oh, it's George Lucas. As when the prequels came around, it was, oh, this is George Lucas. Yeah. Oh, this is the, you know, this is the creator of of this empire. No pun intended. Uh, that that <laughs> is Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. And but all these young actors, you know. Um, especially when you come to Episode Two, you know, Hayden Christensen, um, Natalie. Portman, you have to remember that you know, episode 
episode one was one of Natalie Portman's, Portman's really one of her first big breakout movies. You know, she hadn't really done much before that. So these were new actors that are, you know, with this, you know, big name producer director out there. And they probably were afraid to say, like, eh, I don't know if I should say the line like this. Yeah. They're probably like, OK, whatever you say, George. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you got it, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, and even even Ewan McGregor, you know, he hadn't really done a ton before Star Wars. Still, still one of the more redeeming characters of that particular yes. movie, though. <laughs> Absolutely. Too. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, but I mean, what was your what was your initial thoughts on episode two? I mean, I went into episode two very excited after episode one. Um, I was ready for the same level of entertainment value meets story. Yeah. And then, like you said, it, it's not like I dislike the movie. I will still right. watch it. It's just, oh yeah. if I had a choice, I would choose one of the other ones over it. It's just, yeah. it's just the way it is. The, for, in my opinion, oh. Clone Wars, you know, was... To set up the clones, like getting them into the story, and then they said, okay, we need to fill this movie with something else. Hey, let's show Anakin falling in love, getting, you know, close to Padme, and he starts, you know, building that, that reputation, and that'll set us up for his fall in the, in the, yeah. But I I feel like they, they went about that so wrong. They made him they seem did. like a creepy. Oh, it was so cringeworthy. Oh, and this is the one thing that I wish. And going back to episode one and that they would have had either Anakin be a little bit older. Yes. Or have Padme be or look younger. Younger. Yeah. Instead of instead other. of having one or the other and have a different act, you know, possibly have a different actress. If they're going to younger then possibly have a different actress playing Padme when they actually looked her age, because she was supposed to be 14 mm-hmm. in episode one. Anakin was supposed to be 10. Padme was 14. So there's only going to be a four year difference between them, but because she looked so much older, right. It made it like whenever she, he did fall in love with her, it made it even more creepy. <laughs> yeah, um, it, well, it made it seem like, like the, the, the kid that has a crush on the babysitter. Yeah, know? and they, I mean, it was just like out of the, the, the love affair just came out of the blue and there was no setup. Right. It was just like, and, well, they're really... and this is, this is one of Luke, one of George's biggest weaknesses has always been dialogue. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. He's good at storytelling and crafting, you know, the story. But when it comes to the dialogue, it's just, oh, I mean, I hate sand. I mean, that <laughs> epitomizes George Lucas um, right there. George yeah. Lucas, yeah, his dialogue right there was, I hate that whole, I hate sand. Or that whole dinner on, on Naboo. Yeah. yeah. That was yeah. just like, I'm haunted by the kiss that should not have happened. I'm like. Oh no! Like what the heck? Oh my gosh! You. But oh, I think oh. like a lot of people, it, episode two was those movies that, again, I watched it over and over again. But each time I watched it, it was like the first time you watch it, you're just like, it's Star Wars. I don't care. Yeah. This is awesome. Yeah. Yep. And then you go back and you watch it again. You're like, oh, let me take the rose colored glasses off here for a bit. And oh. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. Uh, I'm just I mean, it has. This part. <laughs> it has I, the worst dialogue of all the Star Wars movies, and there's some pretty pretty bad dialogue in Star Wars movies. And my least favorite uh, lightsaber duel is in that one. That's of course is Yoda versus Dooku. Yeah, because it didn't need to happen. No, it really it didn't. Did not you take that you take that duel out and tell me if that changes anything. Right. You know, like it had been one thing if it had led to something else or 
if they had gone on and done something with the fact that Dooku would have been Yoda's apprentice. But they just mentioned it, and it was almost like a red herring. Right. It, it led to nothing. It was, it was, it was almost lampshading. It was just kind of like, oh, 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 he's a former apprentice. Oh, maybe this is going to lead to something. Maybe we're going to have another duel later on, and then you go to episode three, and at the beginning of it, Dooku dies. It's like, yeah. well, crap. Which, okay, so my, you know, I don't know if... Uh... It's time for a segue yet, or <laughs> that's fine. But, but it seems it seems like uh... so. Here's my thing: you got that duel between Dooku and Yoda, and he, you know, Yoda drops his cane, and he's just twirling around, and he's doing all these maneuvers, and he he's obviously very skilled. He's very acrobatic. He's doing great. Yeah. And in my opinion, we get into episode three. I don't feel like Anakin's lightsaber skills were the same as Yoda's back in episode two. So how he managed to win just blows my mind. Well, and this can be something that we uh, possibly do a a different video on is the different lightsaber styles. And a lot of it has to do with just styles meshing with each other and how one style is different and the different styles that they, that they all have. But, it was one of those things that they had to have Anakin win. I mean, right? You know, that was just one of those th- things. But which I do, <sighs> I do agree with that. But I think so. I think what they should have done was <coughs> had it to where Yoda got like a a really good blow on Dooku mm-hmm. that wounded him not not necessarily in a manner that would kill him, but that wounded him enough to where. In episode three, he was clearly weakened, and it was easier for Anakin to overtake him. And See I, what? And I get where you're ta- where you're saying, you know, the different techniques and styles. I I I get that, but you know, the, it that doesn't translate well. Yeah. See what I would have fan. What I would have done. How, this is how I would have done that scene. I would have you you know start out the same way. Yoda wa- walks in. And you get the the you know the tea where Dooku ignites his lightsaber, and so does Yoda. And then you can see Dooku looking around and realizing, you know, maybe he realizes he doesn't stand a chance. So then he uses the Force to try and knock over um, the pillar onto Anakin, and and Yoda has to drop his lightsaber. So you have that split second to think, oh, we're going to see Yoda fight, but then Yoda has to stop and save. Mm-hmm. Save them, so you never get that. So when you get to the fight in episode three between Yoda and Sidious, that fight has much more weight oh, because yeah. now you're finally getting. You had the tease in episode two of Yoda Yoda fighting, you know, actually doing lightsaber combat. So now you're going to see it, right? Because that fight was I like that fight with Yoda a lot better than I did the fight with him and Dooku because to me the fight with him and Dooku just seemed to be. The guys at ILM is going, look what we can do. Yeah, no, we can I make absolutely fight. agree with that. Yep. We can make Yoda do flips, whereas, and there was really no, there was no stakes in it. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't feel any stakes, whereas the fight with him in Sidious, it was like, okay, I, there are some high stakes here. Yes, right. we know Yoda's going to live because we have to see him in Dagobah, but still, it seemed like there was much more at stake here. Yeah, well, yes. I mean, it was the same same <coughs> with the Emperor. We kind of knew he was going to survive. Like, we just kind of, yeah. you know, you know that's coming. But I, I do, like, the weight of it means a lot more. So I yeah. absolutely agree. But yeah. here's my thing. You got Yoda, <coughs> who, who drops his cane, and suddenly he's the most ap- acrobatic tridactyl I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and then you've got Dooku, who's, He's doing. He's keeping par with Yoda, who's flipping around like a crazy frog. Then in episode three, we see the fight between Palpatine and Yoda, and they're just like, you know, amazing, flipping around yeah. and flying here and going like they're doing great. So here's my thing. Right. Dooku was Yoda's apprentice. Yeah. He apparently is very skilled with using the Force, and we see it in the Clone Wars. He's a very 
you know, clever and conniving individual. Yeah. So for me, in my mindset, after seeing what all the other people can do is that are, you know, equivalent age, how in the world was Dooku overcome by Anakin? I just, that's the only thing I can't let go. I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's, that's <sighs> the only problem. But beyond that, I, I will go on record saying 100% hands down revenge of the Sith episode three, my favorite. 100%. Oh, definitely. Definitely. If we're talking prequels, definitely. Episode three is definitely up there in my top five, if mm-hmm. not top three of Star Wars movies. Yeah, um, that one was my, I, I loved <coughs> the, now there, there, it's not without its flaws. I mean, you've oh, got, no. you've got Anakin who, you know, at, at what, at what point does it flick, does the switch in your brain switch to say eh, the life of my wife is worth more than an entire temple full of younglings Youngling. yeah you know, like at what point does that but i will say watching his descent watching him being deceived and and believing the emperor like all of that culminating yeah. together was just it i thought it was it was great well and going back to episode two and we even see a little bit of that. And one of my favorite scenes in the prequels is actually in episode two. And that's um, when Anakin goes to try to rescue his mother yeah. from, the, from the Tusken Raiders. Yeah. And you see that flicker of darkness in him for the fir- really for the first time. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you've seen the, you know, you've seen the arrogance from him. You've seen the, the, the cockiness and everything like that. Um, and you've also seen a little bit of the fear, right. but this is the first. And I have said this before, that that was one of the most well acted scenes that Hayden Christensen did. One of the, in the trilogy was that scene right there was when he's holding his mother and his mother dies, and he looks up with the tear filled eyes, and in that split second, you just you get like, oh crap, like right. he showed so much emotion right there. You know, right. and then anger, and then it was kind of lost in the next scene when he's, you know, crying. the women, yeah, the women, the women and the children too. Yeah, you're like, um, uh, you kind of lost it. Like he should have still been very angry. He still should have. He should have been angry with himself at that point. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, but I think it also was Padme's action. Yes. Yeah. You know, she oh. didn't give. Oh, it's okay. Which it should have been like <laughs> red, um, flag, red flag, red flag. Hold on. <laughs> like they actually have a um, a one of the uh, how it should have ended, where that you know she kind of does that where she's like, uh, I have to go somewhere. I'll just be right back. And the next thing you see is her flying off with with R two in her in her uh, cruiser, going, boy, I don't know what I was thinking. That guy is crazy. Right. Exactly. <laughs> You know, or the uh, the whole scene. There's a whole scene with that, with the um, uh, the dinner. Yeah, yeah. She, he's he's flirting with her and you know being all creepy, and you see him pressing under the the panic button under the table. <laughs> <laughs> like no, no. I need um, I need help. I need an adult. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, episode three. I mean, you get. You also find out the danger of keeping secrets. Right. You know, and, Mm -hmm. you know, what that, especially secrets like that, like what Annika was hiding as far as his marriage and the the fact that his wife was pregnant. You know, hiding that, both of them hiding that and how um, there's an old saying, be be sure the truth will find you, your sin will find you out. And it did. And once it does, that can be very, very, very bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, here's another thing that kind of bothers me a little bit about. So he, I get that he had a whole lot going on at the end of the movie. <laughs> he, oh, yeah. He, but he was al- always very good at, you know, sensing things with the force. Like he, he had that ability and he knew that. I'm trying to think back. Like he knew 
No. I don't think who did he didn't know that Padme was pregnant. Oh, Anakin? Yeah. No, it was when she we she told him. Right. Cuz they come back from um killing Dooku and rescuing rescuing Palpatine. <clears throat> and she's there to greet him and then they they run off into like a little corner and she tells him that she she's pregnant. So that's how she he finds out. Right. Like how did he not sense that? And how did he not sense it in the end? Well, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's cuz like, we oh, don't know like how cuz we get the sense that he'd been gone for a while. Yeah, this is true. This is That really he'd true. been out fighting in the Clone Wars for a while and had just recent like this was the first time they'd seen each other in months. Yeah. Well, speaking you know. of speaking of something like that, the the one of a tie together between the prequels and the original is um you know, we see like the whole prequel we've seen Obi-Wan running around with R2. Mm-hmm. Not as his droid, but they were together like a lot even in right. the Clone Wars. They and then right. and then all of a sudden he's like, "Oh, I don't know this droid." Well, no, he said, I don't recall owning a droid. Uh, yeah, but so I, I was... feel like that's just like semantics at that point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but again, that was that's a classic Obi-Wanism. True. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he said like the whole thing with Anakin, you know, with, you know, him saying that Anakin, you know, was killed by Darth Vader. Well, true from a certain point of view. Yeah, yeah. Never mind the fact that I chopped his <coughs> arms and legs off and left him in a volcano. <laughs> yeah, yeah, never mind that. Yeah. Um, which that leads me to another question: Is were were the Jedi were the were the Jedi Council trying to make Anakin fall to the dark side? Was that like their <laughs> ultimate goal? Because it sure seemed like they were doing a lot to make sure that happened. Yeah, you know, I I've thought about that a lot. It, I have to say, for for a bunch of people that it's in their tenants that you you have to keep your fear in check. They sure were scared of giving him any kind of leeway. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like, in my opinion, that's why they didn't want him on the council is because they were afraid of what he would do with mm-hmm. that level of responsibility. Yeah. But yet in I... the Clone Wars, they're like, oh, yeah, you're a general. We're going to give you, you know, Ahsoka. She's going to be your Padawan. And we're also going to give you... An, ati- an entire legion, you're going to go ahead and they're going to be yours. You do what you want with them, you know, but they won't put them yeah. on the council. <clears throat> Which is outrageous. It's, it's, oh, I can't believe it. I, it's unfair. <laughs> it's unheard of. Yeah. It's, yeah. At this point, I'm you're supposed away. to say, have a seat, young Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> have a seat, young Skywalker. Young Skywalker. Like, um, so just so condescending like they were so i I just feel like they they, were afraid of him and pal even palpatine said it i think it was palpatine maybe not but their biggest downfall was their arrogance and even though it was yoda that yoda said that they had become so arrogant that they become arrogant yeah yeah when he was uh i believe when he was talking to obi-wan he was talking to obi-wan and to um windu Mm-hmm. That that was one of their biggest weaknesses at that point was they become so arrogant and so stuck in their ways. Yeah, and it's just like what? <laughs> you know, and and you have to remember that it had been up to that point, it had been over a thousand years since they dealt with the Sith. Right. Yeah. The, it you know, all the kind Sith, of bum rushed them there. You know, they thought the Sith had had completely gone, but. You know, little do they know that they'd always been there, just in the background. Yeah. Manip- manipulating the thing. Whole time. Well, and not just not just Sidious, not just Palpatine. You know, you had his master before him, and his master before him. Right. You know, they've been in the background. You know, slowly building their power back up. Mm-hmm. Until to quote, you know, Darth Maul, they were last last they were ready to reveal themselves to the Jedi. But, man. But like, so I, here's a question for you. 
when at what point did Anakin become fully become Darth Vader? Was it when he knelt before the Emperor, or do you think it wasn't until he was fully in the suit that he fully became Darth Vader? I'm honestly going to say that Darth Vader was just, I don't know, like this, this could be just a, my opinion on this, but I think the, the Sith name that gets handed to them is it's mm-hmm. just a title. Uh, it's it's a way of representing the dark side. Yeah. Um, but I think when he first became quote unquote Darth Vader, is when he slew, he gave in to his anger and his hate, and he killed all the Sand People. Mm. I think that's when it first. Well, maybe not when he actually fully became, but that's when he tasted it. That's when. He yeah, I can see that. He was first me, like, oh my, I do have the power to do this. And I think that's why he was a little bit afraid of what yeah. he did. And then that just, but if we're going to be on a, a more technical sense, I think he truly became Vader when he knelt before Palpatine. See, to me, because I think in his mind, he still thought, when he knelt before Palpatine, in his mind, he still thought, I can use this power, I can save my wife, then I can overthrow the Emperor, and I'll just turn back to the good side, and everything will be fine. Yeah, I mean that. I think I point. think that was. I think to me, he fully became "quote unquote" Darth Vader, and truly became this monster when he was when he was lying in on Mustafar. After when he was lying, when he was burning, when his flesh was burning, and he looks up and said, "You know, you know," says tells Obi Wan that he hates him. Yeah. To me, that was when that that last glimmer of light completely you know, disappeared. Uh, at least, you know, or at least went into a, into an ember. Yeah, it got buried and way buried down inside. so far far deep in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I agree with that. That because to me that was when he fully, yeah, because everything he did up to that point he had there was a rationale in his mind at least even the killing of the young ones he was able to rationalize it in his mind you know once he fully gave in and fully when when he was sitting there and yeah they had to put him in the suit um it becomes you know something completely different you know he feels betrayed by the jedi by that point right he feels that his, you know his wife's dead. The Jedi Order betrayed him and left him. Well, yeah. all, they were all dead at that point, as far as he was concerned, anyway. But yeah, they, they and at that him. point, he also hated himself. Right. That was the point that he became. You know, he got to the point where he didn't think he had a choice. He thought, you know, I'm stuck in this this loop. Mm-hmm. You know, he hate he hated everything and everyone. You know, he hated the Emperor for what he had for what the Emperor had done. He hated himself, he hated the Jedi, he hated Obi Obi Wan. Um but yeah, I mean that yeah. and for me, my favorite lightsaber duel is of course the is the that duel of Mustafar between him and Obi Wan. Oh yeah. Absolutely. That, and it's has Watch you watch that duel, and then go back and watch their duel on a new hope, and it brings so much more heaviness to that duel. Yeah, that's because why when a lot of people talk about what order to watch the movie in, I'm like, honestly, you could straight just watch it one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Like, yeah, you, you could. Just, yeah, yeah, know. and each way you watch it, you know, it has a much, you know, it. Like if you watch it like that, or you watch the Hatchet version, which is of course four, five, one, two, three, six. Right. You know that's because it's called the Hatchet version because you're you're get you get up to the point where you find out that Yoda or Yoda is is Luke's father. Yes, Yoda is Luke's father. <laughs> Your father, I am. <laughs> uh, that Vader is Luke's father, and then you go back and you watch. 
his fall. Right. And then you get the redemption. Um, yeah, it which makes is, it I almost mean, almost feel like a flashback rather than. Yeah, yeah, you get the flashback of seeing how this all happened. Yeah. Um, and one thing I'm interested in seeing is once the season seven of Clone Wars starts, if we're able to get, because I feel like you don't really get the Anakin that you see in episode three throughout the Clone Wars. I agree. I absolutely and agree. You, you don't get, you know, it's, it'll be interesting to see if you start getting more of that darker Anakin. Mm-hmm. If you start seeing more of the, you know, hints of Anakin turning, of the, more of the manipulation for Pal, or, or with Palpatine. Right, because the, the he's normal, in his ear. Yeah, the normal, you know, epi- episode two, um, oh my goodness, episode two Anakin wouldn't have done what episode three did right in the get-go. Like, there was something yeah. in between that really needed to, to happen there. And, you know, they had the Clone Wars, but I don't feel like there was. There was an, a lot of manipulation, but we didn't get to see, you know, that how he really got him to listen because yeah. he had to have done something in that point in, in the end of clone wars that had him so enraged with Dooku that he'd be willing to do that. And also mm-hmm. Palpatine had to have the bug so deep in his ear that he'd be willing to listen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and we, we get a little bit of, you know, the manipulation of Palpatine in Clone Wars, but not when it comes to Anakin, really. Right. You know, you see him more, you know, the political machinations and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's going to be really, and I'm really looking forward to seeing that season seven when it comes out. Me too. Um, Me too. To, I cannot you know, wait for that. To hope, I'm hoping that it butts right up to episode three. Which would be amazing. I'm hoping that the last episode is them going out in the Battle of Coruscant. Yeah, that'd be cool. And that basically, like, the last scene is that you find out that the that the the Chancellor has been kidnapped by by Grievous. That'd be a perfect way to end that episode. Absolutely. And then right, going to, you know, running to their, you know, you know, however you want to end it, you can end it with them, you know, getting in their starfighters or the Republic fleet coming out of hyperspace uh, over Coruscant as Coruscant's, you know, under attack. Right. You know, or whatever, however you want to do it. And, but yeah, it would be really so, um, but I think overall, I think I feel that a lot of times that the prequels get maligned too much. Yeah. Much. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, they're, again, like, you know, they're not the greatest, and I think, you know, but again, they're Star Wars. And like you said with episode two, you know, it's not my favorite, but if it's on, I'm going to watch it. Right. Yep. You know, you know the same with, with same with any of the Star Wars movies. If I see it's on, I'm, I'm going to watch it. Um, but, and it's going to be interesting to see how, and how they're able to tie, because uh, J.J. has already said he's going to tie all of the movies together. So I'm interested to see how that how that works. Yeah. With how he's going to tie in the prequels into in, into uh, episode nine. Right. Um, but I think we're going to start wrapping things up here right now. And uh, any final thoughts on the prequels? Uh, I just, I think that they really got a bad rap and a lot of trolls and flamers got into people's ears like Palpatine did to Anakin. And, you know, I think right about now is when people are finally starting to come around and be like, well, you know, maybe they weren't that bad. (laughs) Yeah. But all in all, all in all, I thought they were all right. I'd I watch them all, you know, when they're on, I, Mm -hmm. So I can't complain. Exactly. Well, that's going to do it for us right now here at War of the Stars. As always, you can find 
You can listen to all the shows on Realm of the Mist at Realm of the Mist at anchor.fm. Just, slash, just search for New Realm of the Mist. Uh, also on Apple iTunes or Apple Podcast and on Stitcher and Spotify. Um, you can also find us on our own Facebook page. Just search Realm, just search Realm of the Mist or search War of the Stars if you want to get a hold of us directly. If you want to email us, you can do so at realmofthemistentertainment at gmail.com. You can find me. Oh, my voice just cracked. I'm going through puberty right now. Sorry. Uh, uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, John Mark Tolly one or you can find us on our new Twitter at War of the Stars, at War of the Stars, or at Realm of the Mist. Either one, we're uh, on all of those. And on Instagram, you can find me at John Tolly 3930 um, Ray, where can people find you? Um, you can find me floating around the interwebs. Uh, I have a interview show that I interview people from all crazy walks of life. A lot of them are um, more movie inclined, but uh, that show is called The Leo Effect. And um, you can check that out, Facebook and uh, Twitter. And then on Tuesdays, I play um, a game called Shattered Dawn, and the group is called Shattered Dungeons. And those guys, uh, they have YouTube page and they have a Twitter and a Facebook as well. So make sure to check it out on there. All right. Well, that will do it for this week. Join us next week as we finish out the trilogies or going into the sequel trilogies with the original trilogy, episode four, five, and six. Mm -hmm. Until then... Remember, this isn't just my Star Wars. This isn't just your Star Wars. This is our Star Wars. May the Force be with you. <laughs>